Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. And welcome to another episode of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Bayer. I'm your host, Dr. Bayer PR, your favorite board-certified internist, founder of drbayerpr.com, as well as PR Medical Consulting, helping you empower yourself for better health with the number one podcast for patient advocacy. This week, we bring you an episode with Dr. Kendrys Heath, who is an amazing person and most importantly is going to be talking to us about skin cancer. And, you know, just to kind of caveat before we get into her bio and how amazing this person is, for those who may be listening, especially in the Lunch and Learn community, I've kind of referenced this before on a previous episode where we talked about skin cancer. But I felt like this time I wanted to bring an expert and kind of get their expert opinion on uh, the disorders, right? And if you want to know why this topic is so important, we're actually in Skin Cancer Awareness Month. And when we talk about the number of cases of skin cancer that occur per year, it outnumbers the number of cases of lung cancer, breast cancer, prostate cancer, colon cancer combined, right? So it's an extremely important topic that I think a lot of times doesn't really get the fanfare, especially because a lot of times when we think about dermatology, we tend to think about the aesthetic aspect of dermatology, but we really don't think about the fact that they are really Uh, in high demand when it comes to pathology and disease process and education, uh, which is why I felt, you know what, let me bring this uh, amazing guest here. And again, I just want to kind of read her bio just so you guys can understand uh, how important and, you know, how specialized this person is, Dr. Heath is. Uh, She is a a highly respected dermatologist. She's board certified in dermatology, pediatrics, and pediatric dermatology. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, that means she is triple certified uh, in her specialty, right? Just so you guys can get an idea of uh, how amazing and special she is. She is. She got her degree, uh, undergrad degree, at Wake Forest University, uh, her medical degree at the University of Virginia, her pediatric training at Emory, and then she ended up getting her dermatology training at Mount Sinai in Bethel, Israel, New York City. She was elected the chief dermatology resident during her final year of training, and she went on to serve the role at John Hopkins University Department of dermatology and as well as a pediatric dermatology fellow as well as a dermatology instructor if, if you didn't get that right just understand that this is definitely a very highly specialized person that we're bringing on to the podcast really to educate the lunch and learning community and most importantly and this is what i love she's the founder of my sister's beauty the official skincare line of women of color and founder of a vibrant online community associated with skincare and beauty tips for women of color so amazing person dr Candrice heath again she is a person friend of mine as well and she, uh, she has been you know ble- she has blessed us with the opportunity uh, to talk to us today just about skin cancer and really you know what we should be thinking about when it comes to skin health, right? Because I think when we talk about empowering ourselves for better health, right, we got to understand that the whole body has to be working in, in unison, right? And I think a lot of times we forget about the skin. Uh, again, we, I talked about the numbers, more cancer cases uh, worldwide uh, than, than majority of these cancers put together. So, uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, get ready for another amazing episode. Again, I have Dr. Kendrys Heath, and we're going to be talking about skin cancer and skin cancer awareness. If you have not had a chance, remember, subscribe to the podcast you leave me his five-star review and you know when we leave the links for dr kendrys go ahead and follow her and let her know how she did an amazing job this week
This episode is brought to you by the Lunch and Learn Community Store, where we are living out the motto, empower yourself for better health. In the Lunch and Learn Community Store, you can get your favorite t-shirts, ebooks, as well as other related products by Dr. Barry. Head over to shop.drpiersblog.com and get a chance to get 10% off your first purchase by using the coupon code EMPOWER10. Again, shop.drpiersblog.com. Live out the motto, empower yourself for better health. All right, Let's Learn Community again. Thank you for joining us for another amazing episode again. Uh, with this month being, you know, Skin Cancer Awareness Month, I was thinking long and hard. And I said, you know, who can I get to really educate y'all to get us on par and, you know, to get us, get one, get those bad thoughts that really shouldn't be in our mindset when we talk about skin cancer, but really educate us and, you know, kind of go through a lot of the fluff that I know that's out there. So, of course, if you listen to bio, you know, we have Dr. Kendrys here, who is an amazing person in general, just, just an amazing person an amazing physician and I'm just glad that you know she was able to give us some time to talk to us today Dr. Hendricks thank you oh thank you so much for having me today Dr. Barry so Dr. Hendricks like I've you know we, we did a little bit of your bio in the introduction but you know for people who who may not know you and you know this this is their kind of first entrance into your world like who is Dr. Hendricks and you know like how are you going to get us together today especially when we talk about discussion of skin cancer that even when I was doing like you know the little research that I did on skin cancer I didn't realize how ser- serious it was. Tell the people a little bit about you that, you know, they may not have gotten from your bio, but, you know, they will get this after listening to this episode today. So I guess, I mean, there are lots of things out there about Dr. Kandris, but what people really want to know or need to know is that I truly love being a dermatologist. I've learned on my journey that not a lot of people can say that they're passionate about what they do. They love it, but I truly love being a dermatologist and I enjoy all aspects of that from the education to what happens in the exam room with the patients. And I realized that not only am I providing a diagnosis, treatment, education, but that I am actually impacting how someone feels about themselves. And that is a huge, huge win for me. I love it. I love that. And of course, especially for a relational community who may not realize, like when we when we talk about medical specialties, dermatology is one of those upper echelon specialties that if, if you're able to, you know, get through the rigors of medical school and, you know, conquer and do what you need to do, right? Like you can attain it, right? So again, this is, this isn't a specialty that people just kind of walk into, like they really have to put some work in. And again, I, I know Dr. Kendrick's a person, I know her as a dermatologist and I know she's an amazing person. So I, I do want to, you know, really illuminate the fact that, you know, we got really a special person to uh, talk to us today about skin cancer, right? Which again is, first of all, from the numbers, just from a sheer number standpoint, the most common cancer in the world, right? Boom. Like if that alone does and get your ears up and ready to educate yourself on this topic. I'm not sure what it is. Uh, but Dr. Cantrice, like, again, I, you know, I'm an, I'm an internist. I'm a hospital physician. And, you know, they, they've kind of heard the backstory of how I got into there. What made you fall in love with dermatology? Like, what was the, the path that kind of led you here to uh, be able to grace us today? So growing up, my older sister has something called Nevis of Ota. And it's actually a green birthmark that covers one side of her face. And so not only did we spend time going to our regular checkups with our pediatrician, we also would yearly visit our dermatologist in our local town. And I can still recall how uh, excited and with anticipation we would anticipate these visits because we would hope that they would have something to share 
that could take this birthmark away. And year after year, appointment after appointment, we were met with disappointment because there were, the technology hadn't really caught up. So people with skin of color were not able to use the laser devices that were coming out to take away things on the skin, such as my sister's birthmark, without leaving significant scarring. But despite the answer being no, not yet, there's no solution yet, the dermatologist would take time to address my sister's self-esteem. And those few minutes actually really made the difference to me. And I said, wow, you know, dermatology, that is truly, this is a different kind of doctor's experience. So I could definitely experience what it was like to have a family member that had an ailment on the skin that everyone can see. So it's not like diabetes or having a heart problem where people may not be able to tell from your exterior that you're having issues inside of your body, but to be able to walk around with something that the general public can see. Man, that is an experience, okay? So I took those thoughts, those observations and thoughts, and also that experience that we had in the exam room. And then that's when I became interested in this whole dermatology, the skin disease. So if you can imagine a 10-year-old walking around saying, hey, I want to be a dermatologist. That was me. I did not know about the uphill battle that would follow. I didn't know about how challenging it would become. And yes, I did set that goal based on my personal experience and I persevered to cross the finish line, but it wasn't easy. So people have to continue to follow me as I share more about that story. The great news is that yes, I am a dermatologist today and I am so grateful for that so that I can live in my passion. But it was definitely a journey of perseverance to get here. I think that's telling because I think a lot of times when I think the common person right kind of hears about dermatology uh, I, I think they they get kind of skewed right because they kind of think of more of the aesthetic the Botox that type of feel not realizing like no your general dermatologist sees a lot more things that you know is scary right? You know, it can be dismembering, can be, you know, it can be disheartening, especially from a self-esteem standpoint. So, and the, the pathology alone, right? Like, and when, when we talk about pathology, we talk about like disease courses, right? The amount of diseases that either originate from the skin that show up on the skin is, is so vast that, I, again, I'm always impressed, you know, by my dermatologist because I, I know how much work, one, that they put to get there, as well as how much work they got to do while they're there, right? Like, it's not a, a nine to five, you just chilling, you're, you know, you're injecting people and then you're kind of keeping about you, keeping them you know beautiful and healthy all day right there's a lot of clinical diagnostic procedures and treatment and discussions that go on a day-to-day basis right which is why I'm definitely such a fan of the field in general not so much a fan that I want to be a dermatologist but enough that I can appreciate it from the outside and I definitely thank <laughs> you so much for highlighting that I think our other physician colleagues they have they understand the scope of what we do yes I do have colleagues who only do aesthetics or only Botox and fillers and things like that. But there is a large breadth of things that we do under the dermatology um, umbrella. And I'm, I'm happy that our physician colleagues are excited that we can actually help to help them with their patients. Now, the general public may just see us as, you know, a skin doctor or a pimple popper or something like that. But in actuality, on a day-to-day basis, I am taking care of people who have severe disease. Mm-hmm. And like brought up Dr. 
Barry. As a dermatologist, it's amazing. I can go into the exam room. I can look at someone's skin and I can say, hmm, I wonder if this patient has diabetes. I wonder if this patient has thyroid disease. I know this patient has autoimmune disease. And so it's amazing because, you know, the medical students are thinking, how did you know all of this stuff? (laughs) (laughs) My mind is trained to look at the skin, look at the hair, look at the nails and come up to with conclusions based on the patterns of recognition that I've seen over the years. So it is amazing. And yes, we do more than just acne and dry skin. We do lots of things and we take care of patients who have serious disease. Now, what's interesting, I know, and I know we're definitely going to talk about it, you know, a little bit later on in the show is uh, the fact that you were introduced to the field very early. Because uh, I'm be honest, right? Like, I've never been to a dermatologist, right? Like, I'm 35 years old. What? I've never been to a dermatologist. No, don't, don't hate me. Don't hate me. Wait. Right? I know. I know I'm bad. I know. Trust me. I'm, you know, doctors make the worst patients, right? But I've I've always felt like, oh, yeah, what am I going to do? This, my skin looks okay, right? So I'm, I'm actually uh, very happy that, you know, you guys were very introduced very early because I think a lot of times we, we hear, well, you know, if, you know, skin color, you know, your dark skin color, there's really nothing uh, for you to do there. There's nothing that they can tell you. I read the books, right? A lot of times when I'm reading books and I'm trying to get the description, I'm like, well, what does this look like on a black person, right? What does it look like on me? Like, I don't know what this rash would look like on myself, right? So I always kind of struggle uh, with that. And again, we're definitely going to talk about that later on, but I'm, I'm definitely kind of happy that, you know, you got introduced very early. Yes, it is. It definitely uh, has been a passion for a long time. And yes, we do, do need more educational resources that highlight people with skin of color who have these uh, specific things that we're trying to educate our colleagues about and the general public about. So with, with May, right, obviously when we're recording this, right, this is Skin cancer, like awareness month, mellow, like kind of all wrapped in the one. When we talk about skin cancer awareness, like why, why, why for one, right? Because this is the question I always get when we have these like health related months, right? Like why does this thing need a whole month, right? So like that I, I, I pose to you, right? Like why does skin cancer really need a whole month for us to be aware about? And, and what kind of says, you know what, like, I need to take this mantle and make sure I'm educating everyone about like skin cancer. Not to say that all of your practice is nothing but skin cancer, uh, but why is this like particular uh, subject such an important uh, thing for everyone to kind of know about? Uh, skin Cancer Awareness Month is a very important topic. And yes, it should span the entire month of May. And as a dermatologist, every day is skin cancer awareness. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I could be a little biased. I mean, the thing is, we all have skin. And so sometimes we have been ingrained with these things that say, oh, if you have brown skin, you don't have to worry about, you know, uh, getting skin cancer. You don't have to worry about these things. So you can just kind of tune it out. But I hope that every year when the month of May rolls around, that people, regardless of their skin tone, learn something new about something that can potentially affect them, which is skin cancer. So it's all about educating, educating, educating. And if we only get 30 days uh, out of the month to do that, or 31 days out of the month to do that, um, I say, let's go for it. We all have skin and we can all be affected regardless of skin tone. And, and when we talk about this, like the sheer numbers, right? Like, again, I, I kind of alluded to it being the, the most common type of cancer in general, right? Like I think, which is, which is funny, right? Because me being an internist, I hear a lot about lung, right? I hear a lot about prostate, right? I hear a lot about colon. I hear a lot about breast. I hear a lot about those things. Uh, but then when I'm looking at the numbers and they're like, well, those skin cancers, like I was blowing it out of the water. 
water. Like, I think that was more shocking to me. Obviously, you're in the field, so it's probably not going to be as shocking to you. But like, I thought that, that kind of hit me. I was like, oh, I didn't know how this many people like dealt with like skin cancer. Right? Like, 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 what are some of like the numbers, the stats? You know, lunch learning community loves numbers uh, from a statistic standpoint. Like, like how many people like are dealing with cancer and especially on a worldwide basis, United States, you know, black folks and women. Like, what, what, what are some of the numbers that you, you know, you've kind of run across? So, um, really, the numbers are usually broken down into the number of cases of melanoma that are diagnosed every year, which is a, sp- a specific type of skin cancer, the most deadly type of skin cancer. Mm. And then there's, there is the other group, which is the non-melanoma, uh, sorry, non-melanoma skin cancers. And of the non-melanoma skin cancers, you're going to probably get about 5.4 million cases that have been treated in, in, the, in an average year. So that is a, a lot, uh, a lot of cases of, <laughs> of, of cancer. Answer. And then if you if you dive deeper into the statistics, you will find that one in five Americans, by the time that they're age 70, they're going to develop skin cancer. That's taking all comers, all ages, all, all, all races of people, putting them in the pot, and you're coming up with the one in five Americans. So yes, it is definitely way more common than you think. And even when we really dissect out to the most deadly type of skin cancer, which is melanoma, it is predicted that there will will be an increase in the year 2019, unfortunately, by almost 7.7%. So this is something that is not going away, and it is definitely increasing. So we have to be on the lookout for it. Um, the prediction of the number of cases for 2019 is over 190,000 cases are predicted to be diagnosed this year. So we wow. definitely have to be on the lookout for this. And what's interesting, especially... And I, I'm not sure if it's because it, it doesn't get the fanfare, right? Like, again, I know we talk about breast, we talk about lung. And just for a lunchtime community, just from a number's sake, you know, she was talking in the millions, right? When we talk about cases of like lung cancer, breast cancer, those are like in a, the 150 to 200 thousands. Just to give you an idea from a sheer number standpoint, how much more common it is, right, to, to have skin cancer than it is the other cancers, right? Not to say that, you know, one is better than the other, uh, but just when we talk about media and we talk about the influence of it. I think we had uh, Dr. Amy Robbins kind of talk about the influence of media on our healthcare. Like that's, this is one of the things that we see, right? Like we, we see like, this is an issue that probably should, you know, like Dr. Kendry says, probably should get like more than a month if this many people, right, are dealing with uh, skin cancer. But you know, we got a month, so we're going to, we're going to focus on it and kind of do it here. When, when you, and you talked about the different types of skin cancers, right? Like, especially in, in your training, when you're dealing with the melanoma and, um, and again, melanoma, we, you know, I know I've, especially as an internist, you know, that's, that's a bad word for us, right? We were, that's one that's kind of scary for us. That's one we tend to see exhibit uh, in a lot of different functions. And especially when we're talking about when it starts spreading everywhere, when you talk about melanoma versus the non-melanoma type skin cancers, right? And you kind of start breaking those down. What is it that people should be doing, right? Like, again, if I'm at home, like what, what, what should I do? Like, I, like, should I start like scanning my skin now? I'm not, cause now I'm getting kind of scared, right? All these people are getting skin cancer. I'm getting kind of scared. That I need to be worried about it. Well, definitely the first step is to educate yourself. So you've landed in the right spot. So we 
talked about melanoma being the most aggressive uh, type of skin cancer. And then there are also those non-melanoma types, which include basal cell carcinoma, squamous cell carcinoma, and even a rare, rare, very rare type that we don't talk about that often called Merkel cell carcinoma. So there are various types. And the best thing that you can do is to definitely see a dermatologist once a year to get a head-to-toe uh, skin check. But then right in your home, you can actually go ahead, advocate for yourself <laughs> by mm-hmm. taking a mirror and looking at your own skin. The first step is to really get to know what is living on your skin already. You know, time and time again, I may ask a, a patient, oh, how long has this been there? And they say, oh, I don't know. I've never even, I haven't seen my back in two years. Mm, wow. <laughs> that okay. is unacceptable. I <laughs> baseline, get to know what is on your skin regularly. That way you can be a better detective just in case something changes or comes up. You can say, hey, you can go to your primary care doctor and say, look, I need a referral to a dermatologist because this is changing. This was not there before and I'm concerned. Okay. All right. So get 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 it get in tune uh, with what your skin is so you know what their baseline is. And and you do recommend just like once a year. Like I said, clearly I'm overdue, right? So you're just saying just like you're doing your regular annual checkup, you should be seeing your annual skin screening as well? Yes, I do uh, recommend that people get uh, skin checks. And definitely, you know, if you have uh, lesions on the skin, moles, et cetera, they should be checked. And people with skin of color, you know, of course, we have to be very, very careful because skin cancer can happen on areas of the body that you may not expect. So for people with skin of color, that means anyone with non-Caucasian skin, non-white skin, the risk of your skin cancers are going to be higher when we're talking about melanoma on the soles of the feet, the palms of the hand, inside of, inside of the mouth. So those are areas that people may not even think about that can be affected by skin cancer. And yet that's where we find the most deadly type of skin cancer in people of color. Mm. Now, is it, is it, is it, are we, especially for people with skin of color, are we, are we dealing with more aggressive types of skin cancer or is it our lack of, you know, just being aware and following up on the skin cancer? Like what, what, what would you, if you had to lean one way or the other? The number one thing for skin cancer and people with skin of color is late detection and delayed diagnosis. The patient doesn't believe that they can ever have skin cancer, so that may delay treatment. Also, there are some primary care physicians who are uncomfortable with things on the skin, and that stems from just, you know, how uh, physicians are are taught and what Mm -hmm. they're that they're exposed to. So they may not actually get a lot of teaching in dermatology during their training. So it's an area that they may not feel as comfortable with. So it may not be on their radar to even look at the hands and feet of someone with skin of color and to refer that patient. So basically, usually by the time that patient with skin of color lands in my office, regardless of the the cancer type, it is usually at a higher stage. So it is going to be at a a kind of a worst case scenario um, walking in. So versus someone else who may have been trained from a child to say, you know, we can get skin cancers. You have to protect your skin from the sun. You have to do this. You have to do that. So they're more aware that things can go wrong on their own the skin. But if you have no clue that that could happen, you have definitely, there's a long time lapse between when that appeared on the skin, when you can actually get your diagnosis. And that definitely 
affects your prognosis. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. So, you know, Dr. Kendry's getting us together. So, yeah, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, next week I am scheduling my dermatology exam because it, it is clearly serious. And again, this is if the, if, you, if you had one month to choose to, like, do your routine skin screening exams, why not let it be in the month of May when, you know, skin cancers around us, uh, you know, the, the the, the spotlight is on from a media standpoint is on it. Uh, so this is definitely the month you should be thinking about, you know, calling your primary care doctor like right now. And if you're in Florida, um, fortunately in Florida, you don't even have to get a referral. You can go straight to your dermatologist. Thank you for Congress, Congressman uh, Wasserman for that, uh, for, to that standpoint there. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so I I talk I hear about skin cancer a lot, I read about skin cancer a lot and I always see this, this the A B C D E's of the skin cancer right what what is that and you know what, what like how can my lunchtime community you know derive and be educated and you know get get on the ball with in car in in regards to uh, the A B C D's of skin cancer um, the A B C D's are really uh, A B C D E's now we've actually added E to that as well <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> It is a reminder for you when you're looking at your skin, what are some of the things that I should look for as warning signs for things that are going wrong on the skin? So let's say you have a mold on the skin. And if you were to look at, if you were to imagine splitting the mold in half with your, just with your eyes, with a little line, if one side does not look exactly like the other side, we say that that is asymmetrical and that is a warning sign. That lesion should be checked. So A, a stands for asymmetrical. One side doesn't look like the other. That could be significant. The B stands for border. So if it has a, a round, nice, crisp border, then we're not going to worry as much. But if the border is very squiggly and, and not uh, very crisp, that could be a problem. Also, the C stands for color. So if the if your if your mole all of a sudden goes from being brown to having brown, gray, pink, white, basically changing in color, that could be a problem. So that's something that could trigger you to get that checked out. D stands for diameter. So typically, um, melanomas are and other things that are uh, are going to be a problematic are the greater than the, the head of an eraser. Now, I've definitely diagnosed things that were smaller than that, but anyway, it's part of the warning signs, so that may be something else that can prompt people to come in. And then the last E has been added in the last several years, and that stands for evolving. So basically what that means is even if you don't remember the A, the B, the C, the D, what those things stand for, if you have a mold that is evolving or changing in any way, that may be one that we need to look at more promptly. Okay. All right. Getting, getting us together. All right. All right. So they added a, again, when I, I get y'all, I've been out of, I've been out of school for a few years. So it, when it was my time, they just stopped that D. So they don't, they don't, <laughs> they don't add something new. Uh, again, this is, this is why, this is why, again, I lunch like you, I tell you all the time. Um, I'm, I get just as educated from our guests as uh, you guys are. So like I said, I'm, I'm getting myself together, getting, getting myself mentally prepared uh, to see this dermatologist, right? So when I do, Dr. Kendrick, like when I go to see this dermatologist, like what, what happens, right? I know what happens when I go get my wellness check and I talk to my doctor about the flus and everything. But what happens when I go to see a dermatologist? I've never been. So what happens when I, when I, when I go to the dermatologist for the first time? Well, you have to expect to show your skin. I was not born with x-ray vision. So we have to get you out of those clothes and into a gown. 
Okay. Now, the, the usual will ask you, you can leave your undergarments on if you like to make you feel more comfortable and then you will be placed in a gown. And during that visit with my patients, what I do in a very systematic way is that I look over the entire surface of the skin from head to toe, looking for anything that stands out that could be uh, something that is a abnormal mole, an abnormal lesion on the skin. So I definitely will uh, take a look at every area, the extremities, the back, the chest, the scalp, the face, all of that, looking to take a look to see if there's anything that looks unusual that needs to be biopsied. So yes, do ex- number one is to do expect to actually get out of your clothing, including your shoes and socks, and uh, get into a gown. And I think something- Is, is, that, is that something you, you run into? Like people not really expecting that? Yes. <laughs> Roll up the sleeve or pull up the pant leg. And I say, look, I'm a dermatologist. I need to see the complete picture. You know, that is that part is very helpful because everybody's moles may not be textbook the same as someone else's. So I need to know how your body is making moles. And that can actually help me to determine is that something I need to biopsy? Is this just how your body is making them? I need to get a sense of all of that. So I need to see um, your entire body surface area. Okay. All right. I like that. All right. And anything, any other uh, tips or you know, tricks to get our, get our patients right together when they go get them a, a full a dermatology evaluation? Sure. You know, don't ever be afraid to ask, you know, about things that you may be concerned about. Sometimes as dermatologists, you know, we glaze over the things that are completely benign, but I often use that as a teaching moment. So I do give those things names and I educate the patient about what those lesions are. But it is important that you get your questions answered as well about specific things that you're concerned about. I think, you know, one of my, some of my favorite instances as a dermatologist is to walk in and, you know, there's a, someone there for an exam and I start to examine their skin and I see like five circles on their skin with a marker. I'm thinking, hmm. <laughs> and basically every time I inquire, basically it's usually a wife that has circles, these lesions, because she wants to know exactly what those are and wants to make sure that those specifically are okay. So even if you don't have a wife that makes circles on your skin and there are a few things that you are concerned about, it's okay to make a list of those things so that we can make sure that we address those specifically so that you leave feeling empowered about your skin. Oh, I love it. You know, you know we love empowerment here um, because especially when they come to see, you know, the general family practitioner and internist and, you know, you know, they're asking a lot of questions. Like I, I do wonder like what type of leeway do they have when they're going to see their dermatologist? right because again obviously you're the expert right and you know if something's like oh no that's nothing um, but they just want to know right like they read it in a book they read a blog they've heard a podcast and they say oh no if it looks like this you're supposed to do something about it do you do you run into a lot of that where patients are you know they're they're empowering themselves they're being advocate for themselves but sometimes you almost have to educate them away from doing extracurricular things that you wouldn't necessarily need to do and absolutely I think that's our job as physicians to provide the education and say this is, uh, by all um, accounts, this is a, something that is benign. It's something that can be observed. 
you know, you don't have to remove it. So I think spending time to educate also can be helpful for them as well. Perfect. All right. So uh, I'm in the dermatology again, and and I'll just kind of preface it because again, I remember when I was studying and when I was studying dermatology, you know, type questions for boards and everything else. And my number one question was always, well, you know what? Like, yeah, I understand like how it looks, a raised border, the redness, like I already understand how that looks, but like for a person that looks like me, all right. Like, how does that look? Like, is, does it look the same? Should I be worried? Like, is it different? Is it the opposite? I don't know. Do you, do you when you take care of patients of color and, and they're coming to you with skin related issues as well, do you tend to find that more difficult or is that just kind of within your training, you're, you're aware of it? Like I, I always, cause I always want to know, cause obviously when I'm reading the book, I don't tend to see too many skin colors that look like mine that are examples? Yes, I have specifically sought out training uh, in skin of color. So I was uh, excited to be able to do my dermatology training with some skin of color experts. Um, And actually my program head of skin of color center as well. So we were known for that. So that allowed me to be able to see dermatology on multiple different skin types. And you're right. Yes, some things do not follow the the descriptions in the book Mm -hmm. at all. So you have to go to someone, if you do have skin of color, go to someone who is familiar with your skin type so that you can get a more expert exam when it comes to that. And, and when we talk about this skin cancer in general, especially for skin of color, I know you talked about us tending being caught later. So does that mean like we're from the skin cancer total wise, we're, we're dealing with it a lot more frequently or we just happen to catch it at a much later stage? Like, we're like what are some of the numbers, especially for skin color? Now, people with skin of color, when we talk about skin cancer uh, and diseases of the light. And this is actually really sad, but people of color, we are less likely to get skin cancers. But for an example, with melanoma, the one that is, uh, is, is the deadliest type, when we think about the five-year survival rate, you know, after someone has cancer, they, you know, there's always these statistics that go out to say, well, in five years, you know, what's the likelihood of this person being alive, for an example? So for melanoma, when you compare black patients to white patients, white patients have, you know, it's like over 91% of those uh, patients will have a five-year uh, survival rate. And for blacks, it's only a, a little over 60% or about 65% or so. So that oh, is wow. a drastic, a very drastic difference. Um, and so that goes back to the point of late diagnosis, particularly when we talk about the most deadly type of cancer. Yes, we don't get skin cancer that often, but man, when we do get it, the prognosis is horrible because it's often caught very late and it has spread beyond just the skin at that point. And, and I, from, I can tell you from an internist standpoint, you know, some of the patients I've taken care of, unfortunately, in a hospital, you know, we've had skin cancer show up in the lungs. We've had skin cancer show up on the GI system. We've had skin cancer show up in the brain. You know, the lungs community can get an idea like this isn't, you know, some a benign disease that, you know, a little, you know, biopsy cut can get out of there. Like once... If it does what it's you know set to do, uh, it can really cause some problems. Yes, it, it is very de- devastating, and it definitely what we call metastasizes, which is which you definitely explained. It can go all over the body. So, and, and when we talk about just the, the, some of the, the the reasons why we're coming late, right? The reasons why we're not seeing Dr. Hendrix earlier, especially for people of color. Like I, I, you know, I honestly, I was, I was like, oh, what do I need? Like I'm, I'm protected, right? Like, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm protected from 
the sun, like from from my because of my skin color. But what are some of the the biggest you know misconceptions that are out there? People like me and skin people of color really need to like kind of erase from their mind when it talks about you know just skin cancer and skin disease in general. Please erase the fact that your brown skin and your melanin can erase all potential harm. <laughs> it's not true. You can get skin cancer. Let me just hit on my mic to make sure they heard me. <laughs> people with brown skin, yes, you too can get skin cancer. Take it from me. If you don't believe the statistics, I am a triple board certified dermatologist that looks exactly like you. And yes, I see devastating cases. So please, please, please. It's just, it's not true. When people say that it doesn't affect us, it's just not true. Yeah. Let's I hope y'all heard that. She's, she's triple boarded, right? So again, this is, this isn't just your, your, your run in the mill, like physician who's trying to like, no, this is a person who really knows what they're talking about. And especially for, I have a lot of listeners of color, um, you know, you know, if you have not, right, again, don't be like me, right? Like, like get your skin, get your, get your skin check done ASAP, right? Month of May, uh, get it done by the end of this month. Like, make sure that happens, like, today. And then make sure you bring family members, too, right? We didn't talk about, but make sure you bring your family members and get them some help, too, because, you know, I know a lot of us, a lot of y'all don't already like coming to see us for the wellness visit, right? So if y'all already not seen us for the wellness visit, I know y'all not going to see yourselves for the, the skincare visit. So please do that and, you know, kind of get, get, get out of that mindset, right? So, you know, Dr. Kendrys can kind of help get us together and get us earlier. Again, that's, that's sad. Only 60% of us, only a little bit over two thirds of us are actually making it within five years once we're diagnosed, just because we're not being seen early. Enough. And that's a problem. Yes, devastating statistic. So let, let's let's talk about skincare, self care, right? I wanna I wanna know, right? Like I wanna know because uh, obviously again, I, and for lunchtime community, for those who don't know, you know, Dr. Kendrys and I, we've been friends for about like going like three years now. You know, medical moguls together, like you know, it's so like I, I know how amazing this person is, and uh, she does so much education, kind of, and that's why I wanted to bring her on the show, right? So, look, Dr. Kendrys, tell us about skincare, self care, and you know why we need to be with it, like ASAP. You know, I I see so many manifestations of stress in the skin, in hair disorders, lots and lots of things, and so what I thought about was sometimes for people. The moment in the morning before the day gets crazy and they're in the bathroom doing whatever they need to do, that may be their only time for self-care. So I developed this concept, this really kind of mindset that, yes, skin care is self-care. So focusing on your skin is a way of taking care of yourself. You walk around with your skin all day, every day. So why not take a few minutes to take care of your skin in those moments of the day when you actually have time to do it? So that really was the impetus to all of this. Just, you know, people stressing out and a lot of and seeing all these diseases on the skin that all you have to do is cleanse it or moisturize. It's like a really quick fix, right? But people were not taking those few minutes of the day because they said, Oh, that takes too long. I, I don't have time to care. I don't have time for that. I'm busy. I'm this, I'm that. Well, you at least can you give me three minutes a day to be able to care for your skin? And man, what I saw happening was that yes, people's skin disease uh, improved, but also their attitudes improved once I started to pitch it 
as a self-care, their self-care moments of the day. Things began to change. They saw it from being something that was cumbersome that they had to do to something that they actually look forward to doing. So it became like a highlight of their day to, you know, take care of their skin. Right, exactly. And you say that with some hesitation, but as yes. a dermatologist, yes, oh, that's oh, my favorite part oh, of yeah. the day. Oh, no, my, my wife, she's, you know, she's like all makeup out and out, right? So I already know when she's in that, when she's in that mood, I don't even mess with her. Go ahead head do whatever i'll wait i'm i'm in, <laughs> I'm in no rush i ain't going nowhere anyways <laughs> she, she got a whole routine it's it's and it's funny because she's broken she's got a, a morning routine she's got to go in the bed routine it's, i'm like wow like, I like and of course i'm naive right and i, I gotta ask you the question like especially when it comes to men um i'm naive right and i'm like why can't you just wash your face and they're like no you gotta you got to do this and this and it's so, it's, it's too funny. That's <laughs> skincare and self-care is that we, 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 we definitely here for that. Yes. Absolutely. So, so I, I got to ask, right? Because I, I know obviously the they'll, 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 they'll come if I don't, right? Like what about the men, right? Like how much, how much men are you seeing in your practice? How can we get, and we, trust me, we have this issue just getting them to do their wellness checks, right? Like how are you getting them to come check their skin out? I, I see men all the time in the office. And as soon as I walk in, I know whether they are there by choice or force. (laughs) I don't care how you land in there. I'm just happy to see the men when they do come in, because it is important for me to have those conversations with them. And then we talk about some of the things that they don't really like. People talk about how, oh, if I wear sunscreen and if I'm working out or doing something and I sweat, it gets in my eyes and this, that, and the other. So we have conversations about, okay, well, how can we overcome some of those things that have been cumbersome for you to, to get around, to kind of get on the bandwagon of protecting your skin. So I really enjoy those conversations. And so you have, I have that segment of, uh, of men that come in for skin checks. But then also what I'm finding is that even just for general skincare things, that men actually care about the way they look. They may not tell you or emphasize it, you know, but they do care about it. They may be coming in for ingrown hairs on the face or a little bit of dry skin here or there, just, you know, things that happen to to happen to come up. And I've definitely given my um, male patients permission to actually ask about those things. I'm very active on uh, social media. And when I look at the statistics of some of my followers, I was surprised that like 20 to 30% of my followers are men. And no, it's not because I'm so fabulous myself, right? Well, you know, um, that's, a, that's a part of it, though. That's a, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, it is not. Because I am definitely, I'm, I make it a point to really give tips along the way about really re- realistic, you know, short steps that you can do to really take care of your skin. And I said, wow, you know, the guys are actually benefiting from this as well. And that made me feel good that my information can be um, valuable for both women and men. Okay. I love it. I love it. So um, before we get you out of here, of course, you know, I, I always ask my guests, right? Like how can what you do really help empower people to take better control of their skincare? I understand that my words are powerful. I understand that my interaction with every patient is important. I can remember being a child in the exam room with my physician. And if that physician, you know, gave some words of encouragement to me, oh, you want to be a doctor? Oh, that's great. Blah, 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 blah. You may have, you may understand that that depending on the, the where on the neighborhood that you work in, that you I may be the only physician of color that this patient ever sees. I may be the only 
physician that ever takes a second to encourage a child or encourage their child. And that one piece of information can be the thing that drives them through their entire schooling to become a doctor because somebody told them that they could. So I always have that in my mind. So I know that I'm empowering that way. And then I'm also empowering beyond the exam room currently. So I know that when I'm giving information to, to women who come in with hair loss and brown spots and this and that and the other, that I encourage them to talk to their families about it, talk to their girlfriends about it, talk to other people at the hair salon about it, so that my words can travel just beyond, beyond, well beyond just my patient, but also to a community. And so I love it when patients come in and say, oh, so-and-so referred me, or oh, I heard about you at the hair salon, or oh, I heard about you at church. I love it when that happens because it means that I've done a great job of taking something that can be very scientific and complex and making it very simple enough for just my patients to be able to say, look, I saw this dermatologist and she told me X and you should get into. That to me is super empowering. I have now turned my one-to-one patient experience into a one-to-many experience. Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. So, Dr. Hendricks, how... Because obviously I follow you, but like, how can, you know, someone, you know, follow you and, you know, you know, you know, get, get educated, get right. Like I said, again, this is just one episode, but this isn't, this is more of like a blip, like, cause you're doing this all the time. And I want to make sure my lunch learning community kind of follow along with you. Like what, where can people find you? When's your, when's your next speaking engagement? Let, let us know some details so uh, we, we can make sure we get you right. Um, I can be found at Dr. Kendra's Heath on all social media platforms. That's at D-R-C-A-N-D-R-I-C-E-H-E-A-T-H. That's at Dr. Kendra's Heath on all social media platforms. Also, um, I have uh, am launching a beauty line called My Sister's Beauty. So I hang out there a lot as well, www.mysistersbeauty.com. Well, we really focus on simple, simple skincare that is also, of course, self-care. You know, my motto, love that. Very simple. You have to tell your wife about that. And then for my people in the medical community who are always asking me about how do you get these speaking gigs? How do you do that exactly? Why are you so comfortable? How do you do that? I finally put everything into a portal. Okay, so I am debuting very soon, www.drkandrasheath.com forward slash my clinical pearls so that you can actually be able to go right there, www.drkandrasheath.com forward slash clinical pearls to find out what I am doing in the speaker realm for medical professionals and in listening community all of this link will be in the show notes so you you know if you're driving taking a shower whatever you're doing you'll be able to get access to it and oh I, I, was, I was just about to let you go but you got to tell us you got you can't just like a uh, drop that you know a beauty line's coming out and think we're just gonna kind of just let you go right like talk to what about that like oh see look she she i know we're talking about skin cancer but now let's get it we're, we're on the self-care now let's we're, skincare I- self-care let's let's get us right I am so, I can, it brings tears to my eyes because this has been a long journey to launch this line. 
And really the primary focus is based on all these experiences that I've had with women. Like I, I told you before, you know, people feeling overworked, too busy to, you know, they have the kids hanging off of one arm, the job doing this, you know, the taking care of the home, you know, all of these things, but yet and still they want to look great. They want to feel great. And one of the main, one of the main things that people often come in about is they talk about brown spots on the skin. So I know I wanted to be, I wanted to uh, develop something that could definitely help to uh, brighten the skin, give people more even skin tone, all those things they look for so that they do look refreshed and feel refreshed. So I'm excited about um, the cleanser uh, that we have. It is amazing. I cannot wait for you all to try it. It, it is packed with a fruit acid called mandelic acid and it definitely helps uh, to helps address those dark spots and I'm, I'm i'm really really thrilled about it it's packed full of botanicals so you will see ingredients that you recognize in the in the in the line including green tea the moisturizer is uh, my 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 sister's beauty um recovery cream is packed full of aloe and i just it is just amazing like i'm like so super excited about this i have a launch party coming up in my city. I cannot wait. So it's it's been amazing. It, it has definitely been a long journey, an amazing journey, and basically the best is yet to come. And I'm just excited to finally, finally be able to birth the thing that has been, <laughs> uh, that I've been working on for so long. And yes, that really the focus of all of this is about self-care. And that's the most amazing part of this whole thing. So I'm ecstatic. I love it. And tr obviously, when, once that, you know, whenever that launch date, we'll make sure we promote, we'll make sure we let uh, the world know here on, on the Lunchline community, you know, wh where they can get that because that, that's awesome. Absolutely oh, amazing. I would love that. Thank you so much, Dr. Barry. I would love that. So again, Dr. Henry, thank you for, you know, really enlightening us, educating us, getting us together. I'm like I said, I'm next week this this skincare appointment is being made. I'm not sure, I'm not sure when I'm gonna see him. I know y'all dermatologists is busy. I might not see y'all for a month, but the appointment will be made at least. We we're gonna get us together. Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> and again, listening community, you know, this person's amazing. Please, uh, her information is will be in the show notes. Uh, please follow her again at Dr. Kendry's Heath at all social media outlets, wherever she's at, wherever you're at, she's likely at as well, or she'll get there. So, you know, please make sure uh, this is a person and a friend. Uh, that I value her opinion, her her expertise, her knowledge, and, and now she's about to drop a line. I'm uh, gonna make sure we get something for my wife because we're we're, we're going to get everyone together, right? Yes, wonderful. Thank you so much, Dr. Barry, and your awesome lunch and learn community. I am you all. You already know who I am at this point. Yes. I am Dr. Kendris, your favorite fun board certified dermatologist. I am your go to girl for everything healthy hair skin and nails i love it thank you you have a great day thank you thank you for getting to the end of the show i am your host dr barry pierre host of the lunch learner dr barry and this is another amazing episode that we like to bring to you week after week on betterment of empowering yourself for better health today if you have not had a chance please go ahead and subscribe to the show if this is your first time listening if you already listen and you've already subscribed make sure to leave me a five-star review because your support is absolutely important in keeping the show moving as it is and if you have not had a chance and you want to check out today's show notes always head over to lunchlearnpod.com that is lunch 
learnpod, all in one word, dot com, and you can get the access to my show notes for every single episode, but especially the one you just listened to. And I'm going to see you guys next week. You guys be blessed. Bye.